Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchants, joined as always by Raj Jabalu. Raj, you and I talk every week about how we wish there could be news the day that we record. And lo and behold, Patrick Beverly had his introductory press conference today for the Los Angeles Lakers. Raj, I'm sure you had a chance to watch it. How are you feeling? How are we feeling about Pat Bev? Just opening thoughts for today. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, just to give the mood, we both just came off watching a uh, really fun, to me, fun WNBA uh uh WNBA finals uh, not finals game but WNBA playoff game semifinal game uh where Chelsea, Chelsea Gray went off so that was really fun we got to watch some real basketball before diving into a uh a team we're not really sure will make it that far this season <laughs> uh, but uh yeah Patrick Beverly did talk today you know he talked with some media um he said a lot of things that I feel like you could have predicted that he would say the most surprising though Sabrina and I guess this podcast the theme I guess is going to be, do you buy it? That is the theme of this podcast, because there's a lot of stuff in here. Around, are you buying what they are selling? Um, so the first thing that I'm going to sell as Patrick Beverly to you, um, they asked him about Russell Westbrook, and this is a quote from Patrick Beverly. Super excited. A player with that competitive spirit, fire, that dog, that nastiness. To have a running mate like that, I've never had that. That is from Patrick Beverly about Russell Westbrook. Are you buying this, Sabrina? Let's just think about who Patrick Beverly has played with over the course of his career. Um, Not never had a teammate like that. Shots fired at Kawhi Leonard. Um, shots fired at James Harden, I suppose. Uh, I should have I should have led with Harden and then built up to Kawhi Leonard. That would have been stronger <laughs> podcasting. Um, shots fired at Anthony Edwards. <laughs> no one having that competitive spirit. No, I, I call 100% BS here. There's no chance Patrick <laughs> Beverly has ever wanted to play with Russell Westbrook because, admittedly, I didn't watch all of the Wolves games last year, but I watched a good chunk of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I can tell you for a fact that Patrick Beverly did not shame anyone to the same extent that he did Russell Westbrook. That Those are not the actions of someone whose competitive spirit you respect. Zero chance, Okay. We don't do the mm-hmm. who opened the window, it stinks in here, holding your nose as you walk over the bench. Those are not the things you do when you respect your opponent. You do those when you're trying to harass and shame and belittle your opponent, mm-hmm. which successfully accomplished, let's be clear. Sure. Uh, no, I am not buying for one second that Patrick Beverly wanted to play with Russell Westbrook after saying that Russell Westbrook cost him money on contracts because of the things that he said about Beverly. You don't go from, oh, you have eaten into my meal check to, yeah, of course I want to play with this guy. Why wouldn't I want to play with this guy? No, 100% BS. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough. But like to me, what is Patrick Beverly going to say? Rylan, Rob Palinka didn't speak at all. Darvin Ham kind of spoke separately. So it was just Patrick Beverly up there by himself taking, you know, questions from the media, um, from reporters. Speak so- in generalities, my guy. Just say who wouldn't want to play with someone with that level of competitive spirit. Don't Again, we talked about this last week when I expressed that I thought Genie Bus was gaslighting us. And I feel it the same way here because there, again, there's no universe that exists in which Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook are friends, let alone people who want to be teammates together. You can just say, like, you know, who wouldn't want to be teammates with a guy who can do that many things with basketball, who's had this kind of success in the league, who's, you know, led teams to the playoffs. There are all these things that you can say Sure. In general, about Russell Westbrook that don't lead into a very obvious lie of, hey, this guy 
who I've hated for all of this time, who we've notably gone back and forth with, like this guy I wanted to be teammates with. No, we don't need to go that far. Just like find a middle ground, stick to it. We don't have. Yeah. Again, (laughs) doesn't have to say Russell Westbrook is my guy. Okay. He can just say so happy to be a Laker. So happy to be the point guard who is this talented. Like all of those things can be true. This objectively not true. Yeah, look, it probably isn't true, but let me play the uh, devil. I appreciate the devil's advocate that's happening. <laughs> yes, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here because I watched this interview a few times, you know, and I'm Patrick Beverly seems like a very calculated person. I don't I don't take him as a guy that just does things or says things to say them. Right. I think he actually is a calculated person. If you look at this season going forward, there is no world where this team is good and Russell Westbrook is terrible. Right. There's no world where that happens, especially unless Russell Westbrook is not a Laker. Right. Sabrina, I have a, there's like stages of grief, right? Like people go through, I've hit the acceptance stage. Like I've hit okay. it. I've hit these. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, then I'll backtrack. Is that how the sure. works? I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure, but I've accepted that. I think he's on the team. I also think there's no world where this team is anywhere close to a playoff team where Russell Westbrook is bad. So I think Patrick Beverly as the, let's be real. He was brought in here to play the locker room role, play the tough, guy role and he spoke to things about like he'll talk to lebron james talk to ad my favorite thing though i think he said today to sabrina he will have the tough conversations and him and russ will have tough conversations now i don't think that's happening in september i don't think those tough conversations <laughs> are happening in september i think right now it's all fun and you know uh flowers and all happy and they were russell westbrook was throwing him a towel in the press conference and you know he said that's his first assist from russ this year so those are kind of fun things that are going to happen um but do you buy that do you buy that pat bev is that calculated i guess to understand that to understand his role i guess as a locker room leader look at the roster last year i went back again just bleeding my eyes out looking at the roster last year (laughs) and who was our pat bev last year i think it was rondo who left the team in like no like early December, I don't remember when he was traded. So like there was, and Rondo really, I don't think he respected this last year's team in a, and Rondo well, apparently does Apparently Rondo with, and Russ had some tough conversations at the start of the year too. And we saw how well that went. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I guess the difference to, well, I mean, I don't think Rondo respected the situation last year, which and it's been clear Rondo in past places when he doesn't respect the situation, he will, uh, him and Carlisle had that weird riff, but whatever, enough on a guy who's not on the team next year. Uh, but I think like Patrick Beverly is kind of a calculated player and he understands that his relationship with Russ is on the team is they're going to have to work. Now, what if that works? If they're one in five, is it going to be a fun situation? I don't think so. But, you know, during the off season, I'm not sure what else is he going to say. So do you buy that? Do you buy that? You know, Patrick Beverly kind of goes into this knowing that, hey, I have to kind of backtrack, I guess, a lot of the stuff I've said about Russ on, on public platforms. Well, the beauty of being Patrick Beverly is that you are the guy who, you know, everyone hates when they're not on your team and everyone loves when, you know, you're on mm-hmm. their team, right? So he already has this built-in reputation of, I can say anything I want about anybody else in the league, but they know sure. that I will go to bat for them when we're teammates, right? Like, that's what Patrick Beverly has been. And... Again, I'm not saying that I believe that he feels this way about Russell Westbrook. I think there is a step extra that has been taken in terms of his animosity with Russ compared to other guys that he's, you know, played with and against in the league. I mean, we can dig back up stuff that they said about the Lakers, you know, back when he was playing for the Clippers and the seeds of that rivalry were planted, you know, like when Lonzo first got to the Lakers and Patrick Beverly made his first game a living hell, right? Like 
none of those things are forgotten. But now that he's a Laker, he's he's very good at making you hear what he wants to say. Right? This man went on like that ESPN car wash, right? He did every single show when yeah. Minnesota was eliminated from the playoffs and basically talked himself into being a Laker. Like he made his case for wanting to be a Laker while he was still under contract with the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? Like this is what he did. Mm-hmm. He's, I agree with you. He's incredibly calculated. He knows how to get his point across. That doesn't mean that I'm going to believe him when he just completely <laughs> tells us lies. I, I won't. Like I understand what he's trying to do. I appreciate that he's very good at what he's trying to do. But I'm not buying this. I'm just not. Okay. As for your second point, though, as for your second point, um, you were right that this roster didn't have anybody who could speak to LeBron Mm -hmm. and Anthony Davis as a veteran, you know, mentor kind of thing because that's that's not Dwight, that's not Melo, um, it obviously wasn't Rajon Rondo. You know, on the previous teams, you know, that the Lakers had that were successful, it was Jared Dudley, and he obviously left to go to Dallas as an assistant coach last year, so. I definitely agree that that is a gap that needs to be filled. And I'm very happy that the Lakers have filled that gap with someone who can also play because again, all due respect to Jared Dudley, he was not a guy who you wanted on the court down the stretch of the meaningful game. Patrick Beverly is that guy, right? Like we just saw him in the, in that playing game against the Clippers Mm -hmm. making Reggie Jackson's life miserable. We saw him, doing pretty decently against Memphis in the playoffs in the first round. Like I would not say that Beverly is the reason that they lost that series. I mean, obviously he's not the reason you win a series, but he's not going to make the mistakes that put you in position. Right. Right. So yeah, he can be that guy who says what needs to be said and also be a legitimate player. But I mean, we're also not that far removed from him being part of a Clippers team that had incredible chemistry dysfunction yeah and i don't know who you want to blame that on whether you want to blame it on montres harrell or doc rivers or some combination of a lot of things or Kawhi leonard even but yeah he was part of it and as you know beloved as patrick beverly can be you know when he gets minnesota to their first playoff appearance in 18 years and he's taken off his jersey and jumping onto the stanchions like <laughs> i get that like Patrick Beverly can be that guy. I'm not surprised if he's also kind of difficult to get along with. So this is a calculated risk that the Lakers are taking. Okay. It's a calculated risk and it could blow up, but I appreciate that he's coming in with the understanding of who he is, who he needs to be for this Lakers team and starting it off by just lying to the public because that's what the Lakers need him to do. Right. They absolutely need to maintain this facade that Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook can get along. And so he's keeping the party line. Great. Again, I'm not buying it. Well, I guess like before I sell you, before I sell you on any other stuff from, from today's <laughs> conference stuff. Um, no, I think you're right. Like, you know, those two are going to are gonna be tough. He did go into some basketball reasonings, you know, which was cool. I thought, you know, Patrick Beverly was kind of diving into basketball stuff. He said Russ likes to, in transition, go into the post um, on the right side. And he, sh- he said he shoots like 50% from three on the corners and stuff. So he was going through the basketball fit. Um, and I think there is a reasonable basketball fit there if, uh, if a team can get through. But, you know, I remember last year, Samir, when we got Russell Westbrook, what was like one of the main, I guess, positives that we were taking, right? Again, I, I sound crazy now being like there's a good te- there was a good team in there last year, but I was not alone. You also said lot- you were gouging your eyes out looking at last year's roster. <laughs> yes, yes. So things have changed. <laughs> these, these have changed a little bit. But one of the things that I was excited for Russell Westbrook was 
he was going to put a battery in Anthony Davis's back, right? That was the role of Russ, right? And, and I knew Russ came with a lot of negatives. He couldn't shoot. Those were all things I knew before he got on the team. How many year. times did we say, like, on that random night in Charlotte when you need a win, exactly. Russell Westbrook's going to be playing harder than anybody? And right. So we, I was, I was hoping really that, like, no, that didn't happen. I was hoping that energy would transfer to AD, right? I wasn't really worried about LeBron. Now we're bringing Patrick Beverly into that role. Cause if you listen to the, all the ways that people are speaking, Darvin Ham today said that, you know, he's very committed. He's a guy that, you know, is very disciplined. He comes to, he'll be at practice on time, all that type of stuff. That stuff. Like, you know, you're trying to get a battery in a guy like eighties back. Can Patrick Beverly fill that? role i guess i think serena my rules on that that player has to at least be playing like he has to at least mm-hmm. be playing and has to be playing well enough to be a contributor right like there's no way that like someone who's on the bench jared dudley demarcus cousins those guys i think they did help but i think a guy like on the floor has to keep your stars accountable and he also has to be playing i don't think a guy can be on the bench but do you think patrick beverly can fit i guess that role can he can he be the guy that puts the you know, batter in 80s back to be like, hey, you should be a 25 and 15 guy. What are you doing? You know, having 10 points and four rebounds at half. Like what, like can, can he be that guy, I guess, for Anthony Davis this season? I would hope that Anthony Davis has the personal motivation to do that on his own after mm-hmm. what the last two years have been for him. Sure. I really hope that we don't need somebody else to put the battery in 80s back to get him sure. to be that level of player. But I, I am buying that Patrick Beverly can be that guy. I mean, I remember talking to Zubach last year about how he still hears Pat's voice in his head about how hard he needs to play. And mind you, they were not teammates last year, okay? This is just Zoo naturally hearing Pat's voice because of all the encouragement that's come his way over the previous two-plus years. Like, that's the kind of motivator Pat Bev can be. That's the kind of internal leader that Pat Bev can be. I, I do believe that. I mean, I think there's a delicate balance between whether you grate on people mm-hmm. and or whether you can pump them up. And I hope that just the Lakers have found some sort of internal alchemy this year that allows Pat Bev to be that guy to pump them up. But yeah, I, I think I think that's a fair assessment that Patrick Beverly can drive Anthony Davis to be better, can, you know, hold LeBron James accountable if he's chilling on defense or just, you know. <laughs> On a Tuesday night in Charlotte. Some uncontested drives to the hoop just because, you know, can't move on every play when you're 37 years old. So yeah, that's that's a fair fair idea for what Pat can be. I I am I'm willing to buy that one. Okay. Another sad Zubach, you know, uh (laughs) (laughs) mentioned there. Uh, don't even get me started on all of the players that my LA teams have lost in recent years, Raj. Oh yes, yeah, that's (laughs) true. It's been a rough day. (laughs) It's not a great night for that. Um I think both of us disagree. I said Zubac is the worst L- NBA one, but you, I think you disagree. I, disagree I think with it's that, Caruso. But... Oh, yeah. I think this was, yeah. I... Yeah, that is, that probably is the, uh, I mean, especially now that lost... THT is gone. <laughs> they both were lost for nothing, though. I mean, like, if you think Zubac and Caruso were both lost for, well, Caruso's a better player. Well, I think, yeah, Caruso's a better player. I I think so. Um, but yeah, I remember Patrick Beverly wore like Zubach's jersey, I think, and uh went to a game and sat like he did side. go to a game in LA. I think yeah. it was right before the All Star break or something, and he wore Zubach's jersey there. Yes, that's Isn't what that kind tamper? of guy he can be. Is that not tampering? Players um, cannot tamper. Uh, correct. Yes. You're right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now uh, let me. Se- all right. Time to sell you on something else. Darvin Ham also spoke today, and he was asked, um, "Can Westbrook and Beverly start together?" 
And he said, uh, if they play defense, um, but no, nothing has decided has been decided yet. And then he also talked about good workouts from Kendrick Nunn and uh, Austin Reeves um, and said there will be competition uh, for the starting spot. This is from Mike Trudell, actually, who was kind of summarizing this as well. But uh, are you buying that? Are you buying that they can start if they play defense? Is that like a viable option this year if uh, Beverly and Westbrook are playing together? Can they have a defense that's good enough? I guess, if, if those two are your guards. Well, I think Darvin Ham hit the nail on the head because Russell Westbrook is not going to play defense, so we've already answered the question. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to be starting together. <laughs> like, that's that's it, right? I, I don't need to address this any further. <laughs> I guess, theoretically, there is a fit if Russell Westbrook has the ball in his hands and he's driving and kicking to Patrick Beverly. Mm-hmm. But again... If Russell Westbrook has the ball in his hands and is driving and kicking Patrick Beverly, where is Anthony Davis on the court? Where is LeBron James on the court? <laughs> like, why doesn't LeBron have the ball in his hands? So, in theory, there's a fit if those two guys are playing again with a different trio of players. But given the Lakers roster concerns, uh, I'm not sure I get it. Mm-hmm. Then again, I don't really understand Russell Westbrook next to LeBron James at all. So, that's <laughs> that's another toughie. Yeah, I mean... I'm glad that Darwin, you know, brought some realism here. Like, if they play defense, then yeah, this could work. And I'm with you, Darwin. If they play defense, I agree. It could work. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess I think they need to start. Like, I think those two would have to. I just think, like, our talent level of our team isn't good enough to, like, replace one of them. And Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. is going to start. Let's, let's like, not, you know, right. fool ourselves. He's going to be um, yeah. in the starting lineup. I believe there uh, was I... that report that Darvin Ham has been empowered to bench Russell Westbrook. But I believe that means over the course of a game, not at the <laughs> start of a game. Yeah, well, I mean, credit to Darvin Ham. You know, he has not wavered in, you know, we said company line, Darvin Ham's line, right? Like, he's been mm-hmm. very clear um, that he's very excited to uh, coach Russell Westbrook. Um, and I think, you know, we're going to probably start big. We've signed two centers, you know, to put AD totally. at yeah. the four. I would um, assume Thomas, Thomas Bryant is going to start. I hope so. I hope Thomas Bryant is healthy and hopefully, you know, he can play. We're going to need as much spacing as possible as we can get. And hopefully, you know... I mean, it's, it hasn't happened yet, but maybe hopefully Darvin Ham can be the one to get to Russell Westbrook, get him to buy in just a, a little bit. Can we get average level, you know, point guard defense um, no. at that point guard position? No. 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 Well, I mean, that's that's what we're <laughs> that's what we're betting on. Um, And I think, you know, Darvin Ham, Patrick Beverly, all these people understand, you know, Russell Westbrook is going to be important if he's on the team, which I do think he's going to be now. We are way too close. We are like two, three weeks from training camp. The only thing open, I think, is the Utah Jazz deals. Um, which, you know, have their own, its own mess. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sabrina, I think this is the team. And, you know, Ham went on. Rob Plinka, again, did not speak today. So it was basically just Coach Ham. And, I'm glad and Rob didn't speak. He doesn't tell us anything interesting anymore. <laughs> I miss when Rob was, you know, just a fountain of interesting <laughs> quotes and anecdotes quotes. and aphorisms and literally an open book, right? Um, that's no longer the Rob that we get. So hearing this, hearing Patrick Beverly talk, hearing Coach Ham speak, I don't feel like I learned anything. I still think I'm being sold something, though, right? Like, that's what I feel when I'm watching this. I feel like I'm being sold something when I was told something the whole summer. And that's the part that I had the most trouble with, Sabrina, watching. I watched this three or four times, and I kept thinking, this is not what I was told all summer. I was told we were getting Kyrie Irving. 
Mm-hmm. I was then told we were, you know, going to trade him to another team. I was then told we were waiting for Donovan Mitchell to get moved. And then I was then told, but now I'm told that, you know, yeah, the summer happened and we're just going to, you know, start like none of, none of that existed. Do you know what I mean? Like I, we signed. I completely Patrick, but- agree. I completely agree. Uh, the, okay. everything public from the Lakers has been like, we are committed to winning mm-hmm. championships with LeBron James on the roster. Right. Like, that right. has been the sentiment. And yet, the roster that you have created and the deals that you refuse to make suggest otherwise. Like this, mm-hmm. this is not a team that looks like it is poised to contend for a championship. I think I want to say while he was talking to Brez or like one of the you mm-hmm. know interviews, Pat Bev said, like, hopefully we can make the playoffs. And that I'm 100 percent buying. <laughs> that is the appropriate level of expectation that needs to be set for this Laker roster. Well, I mean, to be to be fair uh, during that, he did say we are a matchup problem. So he said uh, our whole team is a matchup problem. Sure. And, and the playoffs is where you get matchups. So he said, hopefully we can get to the playoffs and yeah. then we can become a matchup problem. Uh, I, I agree with that, Pat. I think that is a very fair statement. <laughs> because LeBron we- James is... An insane matchup problem. So is Anthony mm-hmm. Davis. Sure. Yeah. Totally agree that if we can get to the playoffs, then that stuff starts to bear out. Yeah. 100%. Now, are we not a matchup problem day and night? I mean, every, night to night? I mean, I no, would... no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. Not not a team that just went, what was it, 33 and 49 or something? I've already forgotten the exact numbers, but yes. Not well, great. I mean, a lot of that team isn't here. A lot of that team is here. There's, it's everybody mm. good from that team is still here. <laughs> right? Yeah, a lot of the roster was uh, let go over the what summer. What value would you say that we've added over the summer, other than Patrick Beverly? Hopefully, you know Kendrick Nunn can get back to twenty twenty. Uh, which you know Darvin Ham spoke on today. Said Kendrick Nunn's uh workouts have looked exciting. Um, and it's been a lot of one on one work. Uh. And we gained Austin Reeves from last year, which I think is a you know a good piece that Austin we've Reeves kept. Austin Reeves is still on the team last year. Okay, yeah. that's not value that we've added. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, what value you know, has been added from that thirty-three win team? Is Patrick Beverly alone adding sixteen wins to this team? <laughs> because that's what I believe it will take to get out of the plan. Well, what what we're gonna add is hopefully more than twenty-one games of LeBron and AD playing together, right? Like that's sure. the value you're um you're hoping you're adding. And like so I you know, I've I'm with like this team isn't good, most likely, right? But I just what I just hope that Patrick Beverly brings, like and and you can put a lot of stuff into the uh, stuff that's off the court and you know, things that don't really count on the floor, but I hope there's a tone that's set, like a seriousness, a tone. Last year was I was at that first preseason game that we that we played. Uh, LeBron didn't play. Russ AD started with DeAndre Jordan, I believe. Kendrick Nunn, I believe, started like like so. And and you could tell there was like it is it just... wild that Kendrick Dunn actually played during the preseason. I just want to point that out real quick before you move on. It's crazy to me that he actually played for the Lakers and yet still missed eighty two games. But carry on. Yes, yes, yes. I was there for that and. You know, Kendrick Dunn didn't look like some super difference maker that night. Honestly, he looked like just a scoring guard trying to put shots up. It wasn't. I didn't watch that game going, 
man, if Kendrick Nunn doesn't play going forward, we're in trouble. Like, that's not how I, you know, left that preseason game. But I still think he's a contributor. My only point with that is, like, I don't think we took last year's series from the start. We try to, like, you know, fight through it. And I was just remembering that, you know, 2019, you know, preseason game where it was the Frank Vogel's first game, Anthony Davis's first game. We played in Golden State. and that We was laid like... the freaking smack on the Warriors that preseason. <laughs> and... And with that game, Golden State wasn't good. That's not wasn't a great Golden State team. Correct. But Steph and D'Angelo Russell were starting with Draymond Green. Like they, they had a few few guys on the team. I think Quantas Con Anderson was on that team, if I remember correctly. Um, who's on our roster now? Uh, but uh yeah, AD was just insane. LeBron was like, I'm here to prove a message. Like last year was not real. Last year wasn't, you know, what I have left. I have a lot more in the tank. Mm-hmm. AD wanted to prove, like, hey, I was a monster in New Orleans. I'm being monster in Los Angeles, which he was um that night. And it, that's that set a tone to me for that preseason and the season, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping, you know, Patrick Beverly is a small, you know, ounce of like showing that, hey, let's have a serious tone from start one. Is that too much? Is that reading too much? Is that too optimistic of a take? Like I, that's what I'm hoping we see from the preseason. Um I think it is absolutely season. fair to read into the preseason because the tone that to. we set in 2020 as well, after we'd won the title, like we cared about those games in 2020, yes. the ones against the Clippers, the ones against the Suns, they tried very hard to win those games and yeah. they had just won a title like six weeks before <laughs> there was no need to try to win these games. I don't think LeBron even played the majority of them, but no. again, it was mm-hmm. a tone that was set. And it was a team that started 21 and six. And I don't think it's an accident that there was some measure of consistency and accountability that was applied during the preseason that carried over, you know, up until obviously AD got hurt and things sort of spiraled. And then last year, I really don't think we paid enough attention to the fact that they went winless (laughs) during the preseason. Okay. It was, was it six or seven games? Like winless. That is a long stretch of time to not win a basketball game. A very long stretch of time. And then you get to opening night and you have something like Carmelo Anthony pump faking a free throw happen. And it's like, oh, maybe we should have taken those a little bit more seriously. Like maybe there is a tone that has not been set yet. So yeah, Patrick Beverly is the guy who's going to get the Lakers to take preseason seriously. Um, Maybe, maybe try a little. (laughs) I would not be opposed to that. Right. Yeah. And look, we're going to know about this team very quickly, like very quickly. This schedule start. I don't like to keep going back to this, but like the first five games, we play the Warriors, Clippers, Nuggets twice in Minnesota. Like that's the first five. (laughs) Portland's in there. Who's not terrible. Like Dame's going to be back. I have a good feeling actually about Minnesota just because I think Pat will take that game seriously. (laughs) More so than usual. Not that he doesn't take every game seriously. Right. But they're a legit team. Minnesota's legit. They mm-hmm. like they think this year they're going to win. Um, the Clippers have been waiting for this year. Golden State opening night, we'll see. Ring night, but Denver feels like this is their year this year. They got Jamal. Mar- like we're gonna know very quick. The game after start that is six. Russia. <laughs> no, we play Portland there, Sabrina. Dame is excellent against the Lakers in the regular season. This is also at crypto where Dame for some reason can't miss. I don't oh know my why, God. but yeah, he just doesn't miss at crypto. But the game after that is. New Orleans, who thinks they're good this year? And then after that's Utah. Good break. You know, maybe we have there some of their no players. There are no easy wins in the Western Conference. 
Wait, wait, hold up. Maybe we have some of their players. The next game is Cleveland, who just got Donovan Mitchell. Like this, this schedule. Cleveland was supposed to be like a winnable game on this schedule, <laughs> Serena. It just turned into a really hell of a hell of a game. Like, so my point with the preseason isn't like, yeah, let's win all these. It's like there needs to be a tone because there's no like, oh, let's, you know, try. Because remember, we had an easy schedule that supposedly supposed to be. Easy we schedule. did have an easy start to the schedule last year. Yeah. And we because actually, we were so freaking lazy at the start of the year, we wasted it. Right. So losing on, uh, those on, games to OKC, <laughs> going um, to overtime against Charlotte and Miami, and like a Jimmy Butler list Miami. Not that Miami wasn't a good team. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, they were like twenty point leads to OKC. Well, uh, yes, yesterday on Labor Day, um, uh, the NBA TV was replaying the best. Lakers, I think, games from the season. Not that many, let's be honest. But uh, there was the uh, Austin Reeves game winner game. They, uh, they played that Dallas. one. Love yes, that game. we were actually above five hundred. Rondo at that waving, time. waving to the crowd afterwards. <laughs> I think we were like fifteen and thirteen or something at that time. That was is... everybody hugged Austin Reeves. They all got COVID, and it all fell apart. <laughs> and that game, like, actually, is crazy. Russ was actually okay, not good defensively, but like. He was actually playing, scoring. Luca didn't play, which is a good context for the game. But um, <laughs> I had forgotten oh. that Luca didn't play. We needed a freaking game winner to beat Dallas without Luca. <laughs> oh man, that game was that game was actually absurd. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, Russ actually hits like a step back corner three, um, I believe, to like put us up three, and then Tim Hardaway Jr. comes and hits like a bank three. Um, and that goes to overtime, and then we beat a Luca list. I remember team. Wayne Ellington having a big shot in that game. He did, yes. Yeah. It was like an offensive rebound, fake bump. Mm-hmm. Wayne Ellington, who's uh, also not signed yet, which is uh, everyone who the Lakers had last year and is not on the Lakers is also not in the NBA, other than DeAndre Jordan, who was picked up very quickly by these uh these numbers. literally three oh one on free agency. <laughs> But I want to get back to something you said just uh, mm-hmm. in the schedule thing. Um, you said against Utah, who's some of the, whose players we might have. Uh, Hopefully, yeah. So the Donovan Mitchell trade has happened, right? The Lakers are no right. longer facilitating this Jazz-Knicks no. trade because the Jazz won a separate route with Cleveland. There was no third team involved. Right. Although technically the physicals haven't been completed yet, so there's a chance that addendums can be made, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, you know, a report from USA Today that the Lakers are still interested in Bogdanovich, potentially right. Conley and Clarkson, but not so much because their contracts extend beyond 22-23. You've obviously made your feelings about the Lakers' cap space missions very clear because yes, if they have cap space, that means they are keeping nobody <laughs> from the Sears team who just signed, which is probably not the best sign of what happened during this particular right. season. But I'm curious, like, is there anyone from Utah that really interests you in a potential Russell Westbrook trade? Like, are there pieces that we should be trying to get from that team? I I think Bogdanovich is a legit, really good wing. He's a six seven wing. He can shoot the lights out. I think he would fit nicely. But I mean, the reason I've been like the acceptance kind of stage with this is just the math of this is like again. I see these trade scenarios all over, but. If you're sending out Russell Westbrook, you need to get back an appropriate amount of salary. And I just mm-hmm. don't think you're getting, especially with Danny Ainge running the Jazz. I mean, like, I just don't think you're getting, you know, multiple rotation players for if one I'm first round If I'm the Lakers, pick. I'm taking all of the bad salary they want to give because it's still players who can play. 
Like, I have concerns about Mike Conley and his health holding up in the playoffs. I do. I still think he is the far better point guard next to LeBron James and what Russell Westbrook is. I have concerns about Jordan Clarkson's defense in the playoffs. I've also seen him score 17 points in a quarter in the playoffs. Like, the man can just light it up. Yeah. And he's played with LeBron before that obviously, like, you know, it was, it was fine. Like, they went to the finals that year or whatever. It was mostly LeBron, not really anybody else that had anything to do with that. <laughs> like, if you could get Clarkson, like, Rudy Gay and Bogdanovich out of the Jazz, which I understand Clarkson and Gay have terrible contracts. <laughs> like, the fact that Rudy Gay is a player option, I believe, for next year when he was borderline unplayable already this year is insane. Yeah. To me, like, we just watched this press conference where Patrick Beverly, like, hugs like goes for the bro hug with russell westbrook at the start of it and like unclear to me if they even looked at each other like if their eyes actually connected while it was happening the picture that harrison screenshotted for the story on silverscreenworld.com is hilarious because russ like appears to be looking in a different dimension than where patrick Beverly is i don't believe that that can work so if that means like you know a first and a second for bogdanovich and a couple of bad contracts then do it but like I'm with you. I don't think two first round picks is reasonable for what Utah has to offer. I still think two first round picks is reasonable for what Indiana has to offer, and they can send any bad seller they want back with them I, too, because I think Buddy Hield and Miles Turner are perfect fits for what the Lakers need. Um, there just there has to be some shakeup. There just has to be because I can't spend this whole season analyzing body language. Like Patrick Beverly was legitimately more excited to see the beat reporters who cover the Clippers than he was Russell Westbrook. Like the the exchange that he had with like Miriam Swanson from the OC register was 30 times nicer than what he had with Russell Westbrook, who he apparently loves to play with. Like, no, I'm it. Something has to change. Something has well, to change. Well, the issue is like, I don't think two firsts are on the table. Like that, that's where I think it is. Like, I, I don't think you're getting Bogdanovich Clarkson um, as flawed as they are as players. They are rotation pieces. And I don't think you're getting just multiple one of those plus getting off the Russell Westbrook salary for one first round pick. And I don't think the Lakers see that as like title contention. Like I'm speaking in like third, obviously, like I'm speaking as what they are thinking. But yeah, I, that's why I've that's why I'm like just in the acceptance stage of like, I think they're going to try this out. And I'm not sure that Indiana deal I haven't heard in like two weeks now. Like I, I, I haven't heard anything from that. I would, I would also do that deal, but I don't think the Lakers are going to give up two first for that. So I think they're going to try this out. They are going to call Darvin Ham's, you know, all his quotes, and they're going to put them on the floor. They're going to see, let's see how this works and uh, see if anything comes to fruition with that. But I'm with you. I Like, I thought there would be some kind of shakeup. They've said also, again, this the, the messaging was unclear all summer. They said, we're not done. I guess they were done. I mean, I guess they were kind of, <laughs> I guess they were kind of done. Um, Patrick probably being the last uh, piece of that. But yeah, I think they're going to go and go into this and try this. And the problem is, Serena, we don't have any mid contracts to trade like like a Bogdanovich. If we can give one first big Bogdanovich, we would need like a mid salary to give up. We don't have that. You'd have to get put give. That's why like a Phoenix can like go and get him, I feel like, because they have the uh, they have like mid contracts. They can kind of trade for him. But... Jay Crowder going back to Utah doesn't feel like the right move. But... <laughs> no, I'm just saying um, that I realized that Utah got a King's ransom in their yeah. trades for Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert trade with the Lakers pretty reasonable like yeah there were no picks involved in that uh say what you will about taylor horton tucker but like i'm not sure that he should be fetching positive value and he did so 
I think there is an avenue where a reasonable trade can be constructed for Russell Westbrook with Utah, just because Utah is literally not trying to win this year. And it is a $47 million expiring contract. (laughs) It's not a problem, but this was not the point of today's podcast. It was not to talk about trades. It was to talk about Patrick Beverly, who is selling us a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Selling us a vision of the Lakers that I choose not to believe. Well, him and and Coach Ham, right? Coach Ham continued his kind of vision about the team, and Patrick. Beverly I don't feel just like continued. Coach Ham has ever lied to me. All right, he has said that he is excited to coach this team, which I hundred percent believe because he's sure. never been a head coach before, and this is the Los Angeles Lakers. You damn well should be excited to coach this team. <laughs> um, and he has consistently said that his players are going to have to earn their roles, which mm-hmm. I believe I agree with. Um, yeah. And, you know, we talked earlier in the summer about how Darvin Ham was seemingly hitting up every single media opportunity that was available to him. And again, like, that's what you should be doing when you're that coach <laughs> of the Lakers. And this is a fun time. So Darvin Ham, I'm with it. You know, like I said, even three years ago, Frank Vogel was talking about the Lakers as if Anthony Davis wasn't on the team when clearly the trade is happening. <laughs> so he is talking about the team that he has and everything that he has says, had said since seems credible. It is the other nonsense that is coming from Jeannie Buss <laughs> and Rob Valenka um, that I'm not buying. And now we can add Patrick Beverly to that list. Right. Well, I mean, they're going to sell it. And I think they're going to sell it on opening night as well. Like they're going to try this. And uh, but again, I think a first first time head coach also sets a tone as well. I think that coach wants to start off well. Um, it's why even first time head coaches sometimes coach summer league. Like they just want to He coach him. Didn't coach summer league, but Mm -hmm. a lot of first time head coaches do that. So I'm hoping, you know, preseason it starts because like I said, like the schedule is rough. Like the the first few games are tough. And, um, again, Patrick Beverly speaks about teamwork and uh, camaraderie and content continuity and all that stuff that kind of goes out when you're one and five, like when you're one and five or one, (laughs) like, that's a really tough. That's why head coaches get fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, yeah. Let's not don't go there. But uh, but at but least yeah, Mike Brown was in his second year when that happened. When he was one and four, like I don't think they're firing a first year head coach, especially when didn't they say that Darwin got a four year deal? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's too much money to leave on the table. Yeah, Princeton offense didn't really uh get to the players on the, in that. I believe it was he was trying to run the Princeton offense, right? I think um that yes that's some yeah and i think we're like one and four and uh he got let go but yeah so we're gonna know very early about this team like we're gonna have answers very quickly maybe we're four and one maybe you know maybe this works and then we have leverage i'm here to tell you the lakers are not gonna be four and one (laughs) i'm sorry to be i believe the first one to break this to you but the lakers are not starting this season four and one (laughs) i think that's i think that's the first time i've said four and one like out loud i'm like (laughs) I was like, oh, maybe they can be four and one, and then you go back to the table with a ton more leverage. No, but uh, we'll uh, we'll see. I th- I'm willing again, to entertain the possibility of beating the Warriors just because it's ring night, and ring night sure. is really hard to win on. Yeah, but the Clippers. Where are the other three wins coming from? <laughs> I guess if you can get one on Denver with Murray coming back a little bit, you know, maybe not 100. Um. And uh, the, the Clippers Lakers one is traditionally do match up very well against the Nuggets. They do, yeah. When healthy, uh, they match up very well against the Nuggets. Yeah, and uh, preseason we play the Suns and the we play the Kings and then the Suns, which Suns have kicked our butt every single time we played. So I'm hoping. Well, that uh, was last year. There. We beat them in 2020. 
Yes, I meant last year. I meant last year, yes. Um, so but again, we're gonna know about this team very quickly. We're gonna know about the answer. We know about Russell Westbrook and Coach Ham and how he wants to, you know, play and hope if it's successful, if it has a chance of being successful. I think uh we're gonna have uh answers very quickly. And this this press conference today um is gonna be put to test. All the stuff that Patrick Beverly said, we'll see how that looks uh, when the season starts. Yeah, at the very least, uh, we've spent just two and a half months waiting <laughs> for what this team is going to look like. And uh-huh. even if neither you or I is satisfied with what this product currently is, for the waiting to be over is at least some kind of blessing. <laughs> like You and I will record, I think, two more times before the Lakers start training camp. Right. So the end is near, <laughs> this long, interminable offseason. Like to think the Lakers went from having no off season to we've been waiting over four months for this. Like I think we put our last game on April twelfth and mm-hmm. were eliminated from the playoffs well before that. So that's that's basically five months to where we are now of just what is twenty twenty two, twenty three gonna bring. And if you believe what Pat Patrick Beverly says, like hopefully we get to the playoffs. I'm hoping he's a little bit more confident than that in uh in about two or three weeks. I'm I'm hoping it's a little bit more uh a little bit more confident. Hey, you know, measured expectations is what I'm here for. Obviously, not what you are. Four and one <laughs> and all. Oh man, I can't wait to start doing predictions with you during the regular season. Oh, that's gonna be fun. Can't yeah. wait. Anyway, this has been I Love Basketball. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network for talking about the Lakers every day of the week. And Raj and I will be back next Wednesday. See you all then.